When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Unashamedly cricket. This is The Cricketer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Cricketer podcast with me, George Debell. I'm joined, as ever, by Philip Brown. There's no excuse for him. And Jonathan Trott. Let's start, first of all. By telling us where you are, fellas. Trotty, you've had a great week or so, haven't you? You, you Afghanistan have beaten Bangladesh. Yeah, we we tune up in a three-game series. We've got the last game tomorrow. Uh, and we've played some good cricket, actually. We should have got a lot more than the 331 we did uh two days ago. We were 242 without loss after 35 overs and managed to get to three three thirty somehow. So um so that just shows the, the 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 way that those two openers played for those thirty-five overs. So, but also shows the work that's needed if we want to be competitive going forward in the Asia Cup and World Cup. Good stuff. And Philip, you've been well. You've been with me in Leeds, haven't you? Uh, yeah, with you some of the time, not all of the time. But yeah, what a great Test match again. Only a four-day Test match this time, but yeah, it keeps the. Uh, Series very interesting now that it's 2-1. And, yeah, I've just hot-footed it down the M1 and back in London now, looking forward to a women's game in Bristol on Wednesday. Yeah, because that series is alive as well. And actually, we should say we, we went out for an old colleague sort of reunion do in a Central Leeds pub the other day, and every screen and every person was gripped by... The um, women's match, I can't remember which one it was, uh, where it was, but the point being that everybody was watching it. And I don't reckon that would have happened even five years ago. And it's perhaps reflective of the of the huge growth in the in the women's game. Since then, because we, there were some Australian colleagues with us, and I made the point that that was the turning point of the summer. And so far since then, the women have won twice, the men have won once, and maybe... The miracle is halfway through. Anyway, Trotty, I wanted to ask you. I'm sorry, George, just to pick you up on that. I also think the good thing is is they're starting to play the women's games at test venues, which is generally bigger cities, which will then draw bigger crowds as well. And I think will then make for a better spectacle as well. Um, Whereas before they've normally be played, you know, at the, you wouldn't say the lesser grounds, but the less populated areas. So if they start playing games in London, like they've done at Lords and the Oval and Birmingham, 
you know, you'll start getting bigger crowds and, 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 and more people will start going to the games, which I think is brilliant. I think, you know, the, the, the women are playing good cricket and they deserve to play at the big stadiums and, and, get, the, and get the crowds in. I think, and you've seen what the, the 100 has done for that as well and, and has captured a new market as well. So be foolish not to try and capitalise on that. Listen, Trotty, I want to pick your brain on a, a, a bit of a, an unsung hero of the week, an unswung hero, as someone pointed out on Twitter, which is Chris Wokes, because you obviously mm. would have played uh, a lot of cricket with him. I think he made his debut yeah. for Warwickshire in 2006, when he was I mean, 17 years yeah. ago. It's incredible, really. Yeah. Um, so he, he was about 17, I guess. Um, I, I wondered when you, uh, what your first impressions of him were, when you realised how good he was going to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. anything else that strikes you, really? So he, yeah, I think he started 2006, would have been a first-class game where he would have played against a touring side. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it was West Indies A, actually. Yeah. So Steve Perryman, I think, at the time was our bowling coach. He obviously worked with the youth players. And and, and I remember Chris Wokes. I remember him bowling to me in the nets for the first time. And I remember asking Steve, who's this guy? And he obviously said Chris Wokes. And at the time, Chris used to have a, a stud, an earring in his left ear. <laughs> I said to him, I remember he started playing with us in 2008 when we, we got relegated in 2007. And he, I think he debuted, championship debut was that, was that when we got relegated. And then started con- playing continuously 2008. And I remember saying to him, 2007 or 8, I, I, I advise you not to wear a stud earring and draw attention to it that way. Rather, let your cricket do the talking for you. Um, the next day, there was no earring and his cricket certainly did the talking, didn't it? I remember his championship debut was against Surrey. Um, that year, and I remember him hitting Jimmy Orman through the covers for four. Uh, sorry, pulling Jimmy Orman for four. Uh, first ball. I remember thinking there's something with this kid. I remember then his test debut in 2013 against Australia. Um, first ball driving. Uh, I think it was Peter Siddle for four. Uh, you know, and that just shows. Uh, those are the memories I have of Chris Wokes and fantastic young player and 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 a, and a great servant of Warwickshire uh, kind of curriculum. Yeah, I forgot that you uh, you would have played in that Test debut game where he played at number six, I think, didn't he? he came in at number six. In six that or side. seven, seven. I'm I think. pretty sure seven, it was yeah. six. I, I think it was six. You know, two, there were two. Spinners. Oh, Matt Pryor stayed at seven. I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah. but he had he had that period uh, where he was actually able to bowl really quite quick. I don't know if you remember, but after mm. you had retired from the international side, you were obviously mm. playing well for Warwickshire, and you had a net where he was trying to prove his fitness to England. And I spoke to you right afterwards and you said to me, it just reminded me of how high the standard was of international yes. cricket, yeah. And yeah. uh and you just and, and you said to me, God, I, it was so good. It was and, and he yeah. had that year or two where he was really, really quite sharp as well, didn't he? Mm. But that's the thing. I remember he made his debut 2010-11 in that one day series in Australia and he got six for at Brisbane. And there was a lot of times where people say he's just not quick enough because he's not as tall as that broad. They always say he doesn't get enough bounce or, you know, he doesn't swing it as much of the skill. You know, I, I think he had a period where he tried to bowl a little bit quicker, maybe. And I think as a bowler, when you try and bowl quicker, a lot of your timings are at the ball, the release point, your, your arm action, the pace you run up at it. There's a lot that needs to change for you to run up and actually physically try and bowl quicker. Normal than you've probably had to grown up and, and, and the timings of that. Um, so he, he's always had that sort of thing about, oh, he's just not quick enough. Well, I certainly think now he's showing that he could come in in a, in a third test match like he has and, and bat and ball the way that he's played and 
Um, it's, he's very difficult to leave out now. I think he gives a selection or the selectors a bit of a problem, and but a good problem, obviously. He's a really interesting character, isn't he? Because he's, he's as, as far as I've seen, never changed. He, he's, he's always been a pretty quiet, unassuming guy. The one thing I'd say is not a. You said he's not a. What, what kind of character did you say he was? Well, quite unassuming. No, but before you said, how did you describe him? Quite a, a tricky a, character. Modest. No, but before you said, you said like a word. And I said he's the opposite of that. He's very straightforward. What you see is what you get. Yeah. Not many times have I seen Chris Wokes flustered, loses, cool, cross. He's, he's probably one of the most level people I've ever met. Him and a mate of mine, Neil Carter. I've never really seen lots of emotion or lose their rag or get upset with anybody. The most sort of calm, nicest, quietest, well, not quietest, but unassuming, as you say, I'd say is probably the right, is the right way. Um, we, at, at Warwickshire, we, when, when Ashley Giles was in charge and he was coming up through the ranks, he was definitely known as the golden child, a little bit sort mm-hmm. of like golden bollocks, really. We always thought if it was a cloudy day and Chris Wokes walked out to bat, the, the clouds would part and the sun would come out and it'd be a lot easier to bat. Um, so he is known as a golden child, and he certainly was a golden boy this week. It's amazing though, because other England bowlers, let's go through them. They, they've all got their characteristics. You know, Jimmy Anderson is famously can be quite grumpy. Uh, Stuart mm. Broad, obviously, that great commitment. But you know, when he was left out at the Aegeus, for example, goes on Sky and you know, very eloquently yeah. and very reasonably explains how upset he is. Ollie Robinson having to go at the. Aussies before the series starts. You get none of that with Chris Wokes, do you? And and I wonder sometimes if it counts against him. So yesterday, uh, or when the test finished, uh, Mark Wood, completely reasonably, is named player of the match. And Mark Wood, I think, has taken seven wickets. Six of them batters in the uh, lowest uh, from seven onwards to the tail. Mm-hmm. Chris Wokes has taken six wickets, all of them top seven, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and scored some runs as well. And just, it always seems that whatever he does, he's always the supporting guy. You, you know what I mean? He's won two World Cups. He's won a couple of Ashes series. He's got a better bowling average in England than Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> and yet, yeah. there's something about him, and I, I, I don't know whether it is his modesty or, or whatever, that, that I don't know. I, I He feels a bit underrated to me. Firstly, do you think that's fair? And secondly... How do you think he's perceived by fellow pros? I think fellow pros, yeah, I'll answer your last question first. And I think fellow pros, they know exactly the type of character he is and how brilliant he is around the change room. Um, you can always rely on him. He'll never let you down. Um, and just a superb, superb all-around guy. So I can't speak highly enough of Chris Wokes. I'm very proud that he's a Warwickshire player and he's come through and he's a local boy. Um and and so it gives me great pride to say that it's not often I'll hand out you know those those sorts of praise. Um, he would have actually he would have been frustrated as well, I think, because I remember texting him before the Ireland Test match, and mm. Josh Tong played ahead of him, and I said, "What's mm. going on there?" And he just said, "I'll just have to wait my turn," type thing, you know, like not upset, didn't throw the toys out the pram, you know, he just got on with the business, went back to Warwickshire, played a few games for Warwickshire, did well there. And wait till his turn, um, and that's the type of characters I think a lot of other people perhaps would have t- gone with other, you know, means of showing their frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and and teammates will teammates would always respect that and appreciate that. Um, undervalued, yes. And I, I think the one thing you would say he hasn't gone overseas and perhaps done it. 
and he will admit that as well when he doesn't bowl for Tukes. And, 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 and as cricketers, we have to front up to things in areas that perhaps we haven't excelled at, especially international sport. It's about excelling the majority of the time. Um, but I wouldn't write him off, uh, you know, wherever they go this winter or wherever they go in future winters. Um, the thing is, for me, I, can't, I don't. How old is he now? I can't remember. How old, how he's thirty. Old he's, he I think he's thirty-four. I think he's thirty-four, Trotty. And I, and, I, and, I, and I would be a bit surprised if he did go to India. Okay. Because that's fine. I, yeah. Yeah. Been, and I say this I'm as his biggest fan. Because, because no, but what I'm trying to say is I'm laughing because I just can't imagine Chris Wakes being thirty-four. I still see him as like a 25, 26 year old. It's just happened so quickly. And I, and, sure and that's, does. <laughs> uh, that's what I mean. But you know what I'm trying to say is we, we, do. you and I, or whoever, remember Chris Woke coming in 2010, 11, and we're sitting now 13 years ago, thinking he's still only 25, 26. So Chris Woke's being 34 just makes me feel ancient. Trotty, do you remember a game where it was a T20 match, and it might have been a quarterfinal, uh, or, or maybe it was a, a the game that would have qualified Warwickshire for a quarterfinal. And he bowled some head height, no balls. And he was taken out of the attack. I think he went for 24 in three balls or something. He, he was about yeah. 19 or something. Okay. And, he, yeah. and he, had a, he had a real bad day. You know, he went for, as I say, taken out of the attack, 24 in three balls, a real shocker, something like that anyway. And I spoke to him after the game and he was philosophical about it. And then the, I think it was the next day he went to Uxbridge and he took a five foot against Middlesex. And he was exactly the same. You know, he was, yeah. it was yeah. just as well, level. I know that Axbridge game was in 2008. So I probably did play the T20 game the day before. Because I remember him. I think he got, did not get 10 in the game at Axbridge. I think it was he a might two, have done, It was actually, a four-day yeah. 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 I played, I played, Tony Frost got 100. Um, and yeah, we beat Middlesex. That was in Division 2 in 2008, yeah. And it was just the fact that he, he was... He has nearly always been incredibly level and equable. And, yeah. and as you say, uh, when he wasn't right. picked for that Ireland test, you start to think, well, he's fallen behind Josh Tung. It's yeah. a long way back yeah. now. But, you know, you look going ahead to the next test. I don't know. Is he on the team sheet before Jimmy Anderson? He just might be. I think Jimmy will come in for Ollie Robinson. Um, and I think that'll be the change. But the other thing you say now, when you go to India, you need all-rounders. And we've seen now that England tail is a little bit longer and if you chris works batting at sort of eight makes that tail a little bit longer and if he's bowling the way he is you'll certainly think he might be able to go to india as well so let's just get through these next two tests hopefully we win three two and then uh and then we can uh, see what fantastic photographs brownie's taken well i was going to ask you philip because i reckon that come the last ball yesterday wokes is on strike but i bet your camera's on mark wood isn't it didn't I tell you that last night as you ate Vietnamese food in front of me? I don't know. I tend not to listen when you're talking, if I'm honest. <laughs> you both sound like, and rightly so, massive fans of Chris Woke. So you both know his middle name, don't you? Is it Roger? Christopher Roger, yeah. That's a little taster for the fantastic quiz that's coming up in the second half. It's Well, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil it. But well, I'll actually, I'll let me fill it. Come on, you, 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 I mean, I think I left you last night with Johnny Bairstow, didn't I? So you know these guys pretty well. You see them evolve as young cricketers into gnarled old veterans and all the rest of it. Tell us about your impressions of Wokesy. He's, he's such a lovely guy, isn't he? He's such a friendly guy. He's quite quiet. 
But I do remember saying to him, do you not think you should be a little bit more, I'm going to use the term mongrel. And I said, out on the field, have you ever kind of sworn at someone? Or And he assured me that it has happened, that he has, you know, the red mist has descended and he has sworn at people. But he's just a, a lovely guy. But I think you're right in what you were saying before. He does get kind of overshadowed because he doesn't, you know, stamp his feet. He does. He's not, you know, a big eccentric you know he, he just does his job and actually that, that's a fantastic accolade for him isn't it someone who just gets there does their job like you say he's got some fantastic figures oh one thing i was going to say because because jonathan was saying about the selection uh john remember last week when i suggested that james anderson might miss the third test you kind of poo-pooed me a bit didn't you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, a clock is right. A broken clock is right every, you know, twice every two, every day. So, a, a broken what? A broken clock is right twice a day. Sorry, misheard. That's right. I sort of started stuttering there. I think we should take a break, and after the break, we'll hear from the magazine editor, Hugh Turberville. You're listening to a new podcast from the Cricketer. The August issue of the Cricketer magazine is out this week with the men's and women's ashes in full swing. David Gower takes Mike Gatting to lunch. Ricky Ponting is interviewed in Facing Up. Izzy Wong has a chat with Tanya Aldred about an exciting Ashes summer for women's cricket. Tim Wigmore says this is cricket's golden age. George DeBell gives his reaction to the ISEC report. Mike Brealey discusses how behaviour in the dressing room has changed. And Barney Roney wonders if Basball is becoming a cult. This is the Cricketer. Welcome back. This is the Cricketer Podcast with me, George DeBell, and I'm joined by Jonathan Trott and Philip. There's no excuse for him. Brown. And I'm afraid it's that part in the podcast where we have to do Philip's quiz. Think of it as care in the community, uh, or don't care in the community, uh, as it is in this case. Come on, Philip, what have you got for us? This week, I've devised a quiz. Uh, it's been very busy, but I took the time to do this. This one is called The Name Game. And it's after, well, I've been inspired by, by Trotty's non-use of his real name, Ian, that we talked about on episode one. So, but this one, I, I wanted to quiz you, and I've already uh, given you a tiny bit of a quiz when I said, what is Chris Wokes' middle name? So this is about middle names of cricketers. So we're going to take it in turns. So what we're going to do, who wants, whose turn is it to go first this week? Don't all... <laughs> Well, well, Trotty's mine. Welcome. Yeah. Okay, Trotty. So I'll, you, I'll, to, I'll take it on. You get to choose between Australia or England, and I will ask you to reveal the middle name. But are you yawning mm-hmm. during the question? Nearly, I mean, very close. It's very quite close. quite late there. It must be midnight there, surely. Then, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no, it's only seven thirty. <laughs> it's not that late. Oh dear. Uh, so, what do you want to go for, England or Australia? And England, you can... please. Okay. I'm going to give you the name of someone. You tell me their middle name. You get a point. Harry Brook. Oh, I heard this. It's it's very. Uh... Can I can I can I can I come in? Can I steal? Can we give him a yeah, chance? Hold on. To think with his head. No, it's, it's something bizarre. I think I think mm, I heard it George the other wants, day. George wants to come in. I think it's Cherrington. Had it normal spelling? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yes. not a silent P, is there? That's yeah, right. Yeah, Cherrington. Harry Cherrington Brook. So George goes to one yeah, up. There and we go. 
George gets the next question. You probably get this. You, you, you're going to get an Australian player. Okay, you ready? Not really. Go on. Stephen Smith. Uh, I, I don't know. Would you like to steal, Jonathan? Um, isn't it? Isn't it? I I keep thinking it's S S Smith. Am I right? Yeah, I thought S. No, no, no. Oh, this is going well. No clue. It's you would have got a bonus point if you got both. It's Peter Devereaux, obviously. Stephen Peter Devereaux Smith. You'll always remember that now, right, Trotty? Peter Devereaux, as in a hyphen, one word, one name. No hyphen. Peter Devereaux. Okay. Two, two names, two middle names. Okay. Uh, come on, Trotty. Do you want England or Australia? You're, you're 1 England. 0. England. Okay. England. I'm going to give him quite an easy one. Joseph Root. Likely. Like to steal, George? What's his dad called? Matt. Is it Matt Matthew? No, Edward. Of right. Uh -huh. uh, here we go. Round three, last round, and we're going to go. Uh, well, well, we're going to go to Trotty, and we're going to give you. We need both middle names here. Yeah, Holly Pope. <laughs> Holly's got a few names. I know that. I've no clue though. I've no clue. Um, no, I don't know it. I'm sorry to say. Holly John Douglas Pope, and. As a last one, this goes to George. I think you're, you're one nil up. So unless you make a complete hash of this, you might take the, this title of name game champion. Josh Hazelwood. I have no idea. Sorry, this hasn't worked, has it? It has for me. I think I, I probably would have known this when I was 10. Uh, I, mean, I wouldn't have known Josh Hazelwood because he wouldn't have been born. But I, I think I, I hoped you were going to do, you know, IVA. Richards or IT Botham or you know what I mean or DI Gower. Uh but I, I know Brody's made... got three names, doesn't he? It's Stuart Christopher John Broad, isn't he? What a shame I didn't Something know like that. Stuart Christopher John Broad name. Yeah. You would have got that. And the answer you are you asking us about blokes 20 years younger than us. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you knew cricket. My mistake. But just for the people at home. If you said Josh Reginald Hazelwood, you're right. Well done, everyone at home. Thank you. I imagine people were screaming that at their laptops and phones, weren't they? Can't wait to see if you get text messages now saying this was a good quiz. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think that's <laughs> been a low point. I mean, even by the, even by this quiz, only because of your lack of knowledge, really, was it? You know, it's like. Having a couple of hamsters on to to guess which Shakespeare play it was. All I know is you got you got to know your audience. You got to know your audience. Were we worse than Monty or Mastermind? Uh, well, oh, we should have just shouted Oliver Twist to everything, shouldn't we? Anyhow, I want to move on. I want to ask you about wicket keeping. Now, I bet you've got some pretty good pictures, Philip, in the last couple of weeks of wicket keepers sprawled on the floor. Not looking particularly tidy. Pictures which I suspect you didn't share with Johnny when you saw him last night. When I see people out out and about, I don't normally, don't usually, this has happened sometimes, rush up and say, look, I've got this picture of you. I do remember seeing Merv Hughes in a Adelaide uh, airport in the in the nice lounge before you took, and thinking, oh, I've got a copy of my book. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Is that one behind you? 
Colours of Cricket, that's right. Uh, and I went up and said, look, I've got a picture of you on page, whatever it was, 26 of you and that dog. And he couldn't have been less interested. I've never seen anyone <laughs> less interested in having a chat with someone or seeing their own picture. So I don't normally do it, but few pictures of wicket keepers this week. Uh, I was in the kind of wrong angle for the Carey when he went for that diving attempt to get Mark Wood out at the end yesterday. But really, this series uh, has produced some phenomenal moments and some phenomenal pictures. And and as I think I might have touched on in previous podcast. The technology of cameras now, when you've got 12 frames a second, I mean, everyone is getting better and better images of amazing moments. Or well, everyone. Uh, Ronnie, just to, just to ask you, obviously you saw Johnny yesterday. Where, where did you see him and how was he? It was it was Gino De Campo. Mm. Was it? Was, it? it was a, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a restaurant in Leeds, yeah. What? Okay, Gino, I don't think I mentioned the other week, when, or did I, when I was in Birmingham, I went to a Marco Pierre White restaurant. Did we touch yeah. on this? Did we touch on this, Jonathan? You'll remember. No. no. He, he knows the place. Trotty knows the place. At 25th floor of the Cube. He knows where it is. I know where it is. <laughs> rushed, I rushed in, had a steak. Disappointing. Uh, Southern Comfort and ginger ales. They were nice. But I had three things on my bill. I had the steak. The Southern Comforts and a window charge. Jesus, they paid for the view of Central Birmingham. That's quite something. So hold on, you had to pay for your seat, your view by the window, or did you break a window? I didn't eat a window, so I think I paid to look out one. But I am going to ring them up and just clarify exactly what I did. And how much was it for? Uh, five pound, but there's also service charge on the on that charge. So I paid. Someone's got a tip okay. from charging for the window. But I'm going to call them up and just have a... Are, are you expecting me to sort that out for you? Or why are you mentioning it? No, well, you're not the king of... Are you king of Birmingham? <laughs> Definitely not. In many ways. Okay, move, <laughs> moving on. Moving on from Philip trying to get £2 back for his meal, which he gets expenses for anyway. How was last night with uh, Johnny and Gino de Campo? Seriously... We walked, but I was with George. We walked past an establishment. He said, look, Johnny Bairstow's in there. I went in and said, well, I said, well, probably said, well done and good to see you. And then came out again. Okay. It wasn't like I was, uh, I don't want to give the impression uh, that I had five hours with Johnny Bairstow. So getting back to being unashamedly cricket rather than meandering <laughs> gently about yeah. Philip's life, um, do England need to think about at least making a change behind the stumps? before they go to Manchester? Yeah, I, I think you... Only in the change room will they know the confidence Johnny's got with the gloves at the moment. Obviously, hasn't kept for a long time, the injury. Mm. Um, I remember saying, I think, on the first or second podcast that once he gets a bit of keeping into his legs or, you know, gets used to it again and the pace of the game, that he'll get better. Um, you know, hopefully, if he does keep the gloves, Old Trafford will be a turning point for him in, in with regards to that. But... Whether they go back to folks, I'm not entirely sure, but Stokes and McCullum will be the best ones to judge that and where he's at with regards to keeping and if they see any improvement in training or his confidence in and around the dressing room. So that's a tricky one to call and the balance of the team going forward, going forward to Old Trafford will be very interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously they've lost Ollie Pope, so there is, uh, and, and they're going to lose, well, you think they're going to lose Ollie Robinson, or, or, although I'm told he's recovering well. Um that's always been an issue in cricket for years. I mean, in your career, you'd have had moments where 
at Warwickshire, in fact, you you could have had Keith Piper, but other times you had Tony Frost, and I suppose most people mm. would think Piper was, uh, you know, was an exceptional wicketkeeper, wasn't he? And no doubt you had similar moments with England. I mean, you wouldn't have played many games with Chris Reid or James Foster, would you? No. You had no. It was always um, Matt Pryor. Matt, Matt Pryor, who 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 went from being, um, you know, a serviceable keeper to being really excellent. Um, yeah, absolutely, did, but. Yeah, and then the one-day cricket, we had Keyswet and, and, and Davies, who, who obviously at the time that we were trying to get the combination of the best batsman and, and gloveman. And I think in the end, uh, you know, the way Butler came in and took over that position is phenomenal. So um, I, I think it, it's all, it's always going to go down to the how they feel Johnny's going with the bats as well. And uh, they got some big questions and a big call to make. Uh, I think it's about, what, nine, ten days' time. You could retain Johnny with the bat and bring folks mm. in with the gloves, though, couldn't you? This, there is still scope to do that if you rearrange the batting order, you know, if you put Stokes up to three, for example. Yeah, but then you're going to have to lose a spinner. You might have to lose Mo then, depending. Which you well, you might have to, to change the balance of the side. But again, it, yeah, again, that's what I'm again it comes back to can Stokes bowl? Uh, yeah. and you, you would think he's not going to bowl masses, wouldn't you? Yeah, so that that's the problem. You see, that's the huge crux of the matter at the moment. For me. Philip, are you are you are you prepared for this Manchester Test with one eye thinking, or uh, it might be James Anderson's final Test? I I haven't been thinking. I, every Test that James Anderson plays, I think that could be his final Test. Really, I, I remember saying to him in Sri Lanka when he was left out at Colombo, I went, "Oh, maybe you played your last Test." He didn't particularly like that, but. I had the blow up snake, and we had like Ollie Stone put it under the chair. He laughed, so I thought he's all right. But uh, that's by the by. But yeah, it, um, it, it could be anyone's last test at any time. So no, I don't. I don't really think like that. Philip, Philip, let me just warn you: if you say things like that, you might want to check your life insurance. I'm just warning you. Just a just a gentle reminder: if you say oh, things like that, to Jimmy, I, I have got dental insurance, so I'm okay. <laughs> that okay? Well, that is certainly yeah. needed. Oh, yeah. What about bone bone structure? Uh, was not- there was there any time in your career, Trotty, that people that you can remember people writing off Jimmy Anderson? No, See, no, I wouldn't he was say completely that. secure no. all through your uh, period yeah. of the side, which is what five I've years. Seen pe- or so. I've, I've seen I've seen people write off or give Brodie a little bit of a few question marks, and he's always come back and answered them. And I yeah. think Jimmy Anderson's very similar type of character, very experienced and. I'm pretty sure we'll see Jimmy Anderson burning from the James Anderson end in a few days' time. Oh, I'm sure we will. But 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 and it's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing that there's pressure on him from other people either, is it? it you know, he would be the no. first to say you need. Uh, I don't think he was dropped. I think he was just left out because. Yeah. He, he How many tests weary. has he played? Well, in all, what number? Uh, yeah, what is he on? One eighty, one ninety. Getting on for that, yeah, about one eighty, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible, That's isn't it? I mean, so much for a bowler. It, it's ridiculous, but it is probably worth saying that you know we are probably getting quite near the end. But it can't go on forever, can it? Yeah. Uh, and, and if you do get a chance to see him this week, savour it because I think people are still going to be yeah. talking about him in a hundred years. He's setting records that are never going to be broken. No, certainly not for a seamer. Certainly no. not for a seam bowler. I, I don't think you'll ever see it. I don't know if you. I don't even know if an, another country will play 180 Test matches, if you know what I mean, in the next 20 years, like Jimmy's been around for. 
Um, because test matches are getting fewer and fewer. I think you'll only see England and, and the, 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 the major countries, the test-playing countries, play that amount of cricket. So, um, so I don't think other players will get that chance, never mind a, a seam bowler. Fellas, we better leave it there for this week. Tell us what you're up to in the next few days, both of you. I'm going to, as I said, go to Bristol to see the first women's ODI. I'm going to go and see Lord Botham at the Oval because he's auctioning off a lot of his uh, cricket-related things on the weekend. So don't miss that if you're a fan of uh, Botham memorabilia. And then I'm going to T20 finals day, and then I'll head to Manchester to get ready for the exciting fourth test. Good stuff. Good luck, Trotty. You've got an ODI tomorrow, haven't you? Yeah, ODI tomorrow. Then uh, travel day, we go to select, uh, practice day, and then two T20s in select. And then I'll be back in the UK uh for the fourth and fifth test match so looking forward to those well thank you very much for joining us again and we'll see you next time the cricketer with george debell and jonathan trott is a sportverse production check the cricketer.com for future episodes or wherever you get your podcasts sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.